You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Sacks in the Basement, 30 minutes of sacks for fans, by fans, and there's so much to talk about. It's all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Check them out at FamilyDry.com. Give them a call at 708-330-4466 and let them take care of your basement, your foundation, seepage, leakage, weird things going on with the concrete around the house. They'll also clean your gutters 10% off through November the 30th. And also, if you mention socks in the basement, they take money off as well. Like I said, go to FamilyDry.com today and see what they can do for you. All right, a couple of things floating around this team over the last couple of days, last 24 hours. First of all, Sox Fest, not happening. White Sox announcing it's canceled yet again. They're still using, like, the main reason is the pandemic. I don't know if I'm buying that. People have gotten used to doing indoor events, big indoor events. I mean, they're occurring these days. There's a way to do them safely. The world is very different now than it was a year ago. I just went to two home playoff games with seats in the 300 level. The entire concourse of that 300 level is indoors. It was sold out. The White Sox had no problem making as much money as they could on that level during those two postseason games. They actually brought back all the extra food stations and things that they had taken away during the season because it was the postseason and it was time to make money. So please, don't tell me now all of a sudden we're afraid of indoor events. I think it's more because of the CBA. I think they are going to lock these players out come December. I'm hoping it's only for a week or two, but you don't plan an event when there's a possibility it could still be going on when that event comes around because then you got a big mess and it looks bad. I think that's why SoxFest isn't happening. The good news is it gives us a chance to do an alternative thing and we're already in the works with that. Once we get through this CBA nonsense, once we see this team start to take shape, we are going to have a big old event. I already have the venue lined up. We're going to make the announcement as we get closer to it, but stay tuned for that. We will have something for you where you can get together with your fellow Sox fans and get ready for the 2022 season as we get closer. The other interesting tidbit over the last 24 hours is that Michael Conforto, right fielder, New York Mets, turning down his qualifying offer and going into free agency. And White Sox Twitter, or at least a segment of it, got very excited about this. Like some people saying this is the perfect fit. We've already talked about that on this show. You already know that we found alternative guys that could play right field that might be a better fit than Conforto, but he's a popular name out there. People get excited about his potential. But remember, this is a guy who is slightly below to relatively below average defensively, and he's a platoon player. For his career, a 695 OPS against left-handed pitching, but an 873 OPS against right-handed pitching. You're below 700? You're basically Cesar Hernandez, and we all know how aggravated we got with him, and that's why his option didn't get picked up. I'm not angry if they sign Conforto, but I'm not jumping around doing cartwheels at the possibility he could be your right fielder. There are plenty of other options out there, and there might be better options than him. But none of those are the story. Carlos Rodon not getting a qualifying offer over the weekend is the story. I want to talk about that. 
Well, I have a, I have a very cynical theory about I, that. I know you do, but I let me let me just kind of let's go back to what James Fox said on our last show here, and you can get that on demand anywhere podcasts can be found, and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. That it would just be, I think he called it organizational malfeasance. Like he was like he was like, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't give him a qualifying offer. But they don't. And it would have come into about $18.4 million if he took the qualifying offer that the White Sox would have to pay him for one year. And I want to just go through a couple of quick facts here so we're all on the same page. He doesn't have to take it. He could choose to take it. And then you got him signed for one year at $18.4 million. If he doesn't take it and he signs with somebody else, you get a draft pick. And he's going to get enough money likely out there that you're getting a first round uh, draft pick. You're getting a pick at the end of the first round to make up for the fact that you gave him a qualifying offer and he went somewhere else. It's a free pick. So the only reason why you don't give him the qualifying offer is because you as a team believe, after looking at his arm and his body of work, that he is not worth $18.4 million if he takes it. And that's what the White Sox have said. The White Sox have said, essentially, by not doing this, Carlos Rodon is not worth $18.4 million for a one-year deal. And we don't want to run the risk. We're afraid he'll take the qualifying offer because otherwise you just take the free pick. You give him the qualifying offer. He signs with somebody else and you just move on with your life. You don't believe either he can get the money in that in the market out there, which I think is absurd because he, he can. Or you you just don't believe in him and you're afraid that he's going to take it. And you'd rather use that money somewhere else. Take out all the other stuff about like we don't have any money. We can't. Then you might get into that. But take all that stuff out. It's not even it's not about them not having enough money. No. So now what I want to do is I want to tell you about two pitchers. I want to tell you about a pitcher that at the age of 30 went out and had a uh, 1.314 whip, a 369 FIP. Uh, He went, uh, what did he do, over 34 games that he went and pitched. He was 12 and 11. And then he had a half a season where he went out and did 112.2 innings and he had a 1.367 whip. Now, he'd had a pretty good career, but he was going into his age 32 season. And I want you to compare a guy like that with those kind of numbers, which shows that he's a professional pitcher, but it's not like he's a superstar over those two years. And I want you to compare him to Carlos Rodon, who's going to be 29 next year, who went 13-5 and in this past season with a 2.37 ERA and a 2.65 FIP, much better than the player I just described, a whip of 0.957, phenomenally better than the guy that's in the 1.30s, all right? And performed only to 132 and two-thirds innings, but performed. If you believe that that was because he had never been stretched out over the last couple of years, and he should be able to come back healthier next year and get through a full season and give you five wins above replacement, which he gave you in 2021. The question is, if you as a team don't think Rodon in those numbers is worth $18.4 million, then why did you give $18 million a year to the first guy I mentioned? Dallas Keuchel. $18 million a year over three to four years. Three years at $18 million with a one-year option for 20. Because you believe that Dallas Keuchel, with those stats and what he was running out there in the most recent years before you signed him, was worth $18 million a year. And Carlos Rodan's 2021 is better than what Dallas Keuchel's years were, the two years leading into you giving him that contract. So that's the one thing that I don't get. 
they uh, they must think there's something really wrong with Carlos Rodon that he's never going to make it through a season that he is always going to have arm problems and they're done. Like it was like the last straw. We're done. That's exactly it. He's a five war pitcher and he looks better on paper than the guy you gave $18 million a year to for three years plus an option year just a few years ago. But that's, you hit it right on the head. They, they're not, they're not afraid he's going to take the qualifying offer because they can't afford him. They're afraid he's going to take the qualifying offer because they know that there is something once again wrong with the physical health of Carlos Rodon. And I don't know this for a fact. I'm not his doctor. I don't have any sources. But that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that they looked at him at the end of the year when he was fading, when he was complaining of soreness, when it was very vague what was going on with him. They watched him come out and, yeah, he came out pumped up in the ALDS in his start, but he didn't last that long in that game. And they are just sitting there going, no, he's going to take this qualifying offer. We're going to pay him $18 million to sit on the shelf once again and rehab whatever injury this is. And I think it might be Rodon maybe soft selling what his injury was saying, look, I can't perform, but you know what? It's just soreness and underselling it. Maybe they're worried that Rodon is holding something back from them. Again, I don't have any sources on this. This is just my speculation, but that's the only thing that to me makes sense is that they just are looking at this going, we can afford $18 million for that version of Carlos Rodon, even to go another 140 innings and not necessarily be a guy that's going to get you 200. But what we can't afford to do is pay $18.4 million for this guy to go ahead and sit on the shelf and, and have us pay him to have another round of arm problems or another round of some part of his body going wrong where we are going to pay for him to get healthy, get rehabbed, maybe come out at the end of the year and have a few good starts and then go out onto the marketplace again. I think that that's what they're worried about is, is that there's something going on where they think that Carlos Rodon gets that qualifying offer, jumps at it because he knows that it's guaranteed. And if other teams start kicking the tires on him, or if he fails a physical with another team that they're not going to sign him, they're not going to get the money but I think if the Sox offer him that qualifying offer, uh, you know, th- th- he can he can if he takes it and the Sox welcome him back, they might just be stuck with him. And I, that's that's the only thing that makes sense to me, because otherwise, like you said, like James Fox said, it's malfeasance for them not to at least try and grab the draft pick for a guy that, you know, is going to get out there. And if it was just the money thing, they just weren't going to offer him what the Yankees are going to offer him or whoever is going to offer him that money, the Padres, whoever. Uh, then, yeah, then you, the, you go and you get their draft pick. Socks in the Basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. 
and they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. It's, in my mind, irrefutable that Carlos Rodon is worth $18.4 million a season on the open market. He's worth that money if he's healthy, based upon what he did last year. Yep. He's, he's 100% oh, worth that money. And I don't think that the White Sox are saying, well, you know, we just don't have the money, so we just can't afford $18 million because of all the other things we have to do. I think that's a, that's a BS argument. Okay, I, I, I also don't get the, well, Michael Kopech, uh, we got to make room for him so we can go in there. Michael Kopech's going to be Carlos Rodon this year. There's no way he's going out there and pitching a, a large amount of innings. They have not stretched him out in years. This is, I mean, he is going to be truly a fifth starter next year. So th- that that's not true either. In fact, if Carlos Rodon is healthy, if the White Sox believed in his health, you would actually believe that he was going to improve on what he did last year. That what you saw was not only the type of pitcher you always wanted him to be, but now after that year, he should be able to go out and do more because he logged those innings and he should recover. They don't believe in Carlos Rodon's arm. Like, I have friends of mine do other podcasts or just live in other parts of the country that have reached out to me over the last day or so here and said, what are the White Sox doing? I've read it in articles, national articles. Like, what are the White Sox thinking? What is wrong with them? Because everybody thinks this is insane. And now I think to myself, maybe a general manager out there is still interested, but I would think the majority of them went, "Uh uh-oh. Like, they actually put a little notation next to his, his name on their list of free agents and said, Make sure several doctors look at him. Like, I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Just for the fact that the White Sox didn't give him a qualifying offer should make every general manager in baseball take pause and go, I don't know, man. What do they know? Because it doesn't make any sense as a move unless there's something wrong with him. Right? Right. Because everybody knows everybody knows the White Sox aren't necessarily going to outspend anybody else. But that's not what happens here with a qualifying offer. Again, you know, if... If he took it and the Sox were worried about the $18 million, there are ways to fix that. The The number one way is the fact that they picked up Craig Kimbrell's option supposedly just to ship him off. So there's 16 going right out the door and 18 coming in. And, and if the, if that's the move, if, if, it, if it's keeping Rodon is the big offseason spend, I think, you know, as Sox fans, we could be a little disappointed. we got to figure out second base, right field. You know, there's a few other things we need to figure out, but... You know, if that's the big money is on a starting pitcher who was basically one of your aces last year, I don't think there's too much room to complain about that on a team that, again, was a playoff team for the first time back-to-back in its in its history. But still, it, this is one of those where, yeah, everyone's sitting there going, what's wrong with Rick Hahn? Why is he acting like such an idiot? And you got to sit back and realize, Rick Hahn's really not an idiot. This is not something that he would normally do. This is not an organization that forgets to check the boxes, necessarily. There's something here. Like, there's, it's got to be that they don't believe, that they really don't believe that Carlos Rodon is healthy. I watched that move happen, and my initial reaction was like, what? And I, like, I was annoyed. And then the more I thought about it, I thought to myself, oh, this doesn't really change very much for me. I still think this team is increasing its payroll from what it is right now. All right? I still think they're doing that. I still think they want to go win. But I go back to things that we've talked about on this show. We've had other people come on and talk about the one dimensional aspect, not only of their lineup, but of their pitching staff. 
You you did a great breakdown on this on a previous episode of Sacks in the Basement after we got eliminated. When we went through, there's actually an episode where we just go through the pitching staff, just the pitching staff and what we have. And we have too many guys that do the same thing. And and you saw Carlos even in that in that last game in the postseason, just relying on just throwing the heat. Like that's that's all he was basically became a two pitch pitcher when he was out there. Okay. And the fact that we are looking for guys that can find different ways to get guys out that, uh, you know, you, if you run into the wrong lineup in the postseason, that pitcher doesn't become ineffective. And we saw too much of that. So that's one strike against him. The injury is a strike against him. And if you're sitting around and saying, we need to make some changes, if that $18 million, let's say that, that like, what did I say before? I said that like the Kimbrel money alone and the Cesar Hernandez money, Hernandez's option wasn't picked up. Remember the team sat there and said, these guys are guys that we could expect to be on this team past this season if everything works out. It didn't work out, so they're moving out. Yeah. But that's $16 million for Kimbrell and the $6 million for, for Hernandez right there is $22 million. And then you have a Dallas Keuchel that you could possibly move that we say, well, maybe they'll move him to clear $18 million in space and get you $40 million, right? Well, you also just cleared $18 million by not signing Carlos Rodan which is money I would have expected them to go out and spend to extend him. I feel like there's still money there. I'm completely fine with this move if one or both of the next two things happen. One, Rodan, you find out later, was injured or he has a terrible 2022, and you're like, wow, we dodged that bullet. Or two, no matter what Carlos Rodan does, the White Sox are just reallocating their funds and they still go out and get a starting pitcher. They have to replace him so that they have enough depth because every good team has more than five starters. All right. And that they also are using that money for second base and right field and shoring up their team. And if if that's what they're doing, if they're still spending money properly and all it was was like, we just don't want to put 18 million into him, but I'd rather put 18 million into one of these other guys. that's going to be a free agent out there. We'd rather do that. There's somebody else on the list or there's two guys on the list. And we'd like we'd like to re revamp what our pitching rotation is. If there's moves that are being made where the, it becomes possible because you didn't get stuck with an $18 million pitcher that you didn't like his style of pitching, I can be okay with that too. I think it's because he's injured, but it could be because we just want to go in another direction here. We just want to change something about our staff here. If it is, we're cheap. Pitchforks, torches, screaming and yelling, entire episodes talking about how Jerry Reinsdorf is cheap. I just don't believe it's coming right now. I think... You don't bring in Tony Larusa if you're going to start cheaping out now. Well, there's there's one happy possibility there that there's already the ba- the bones of a deal in place to bring back Carlos Rodon and extend him, and they don't want to announce it until after they figure out the CBA. I don't think that's that's happening. I mean, then again, they did have that conversation when he was non-tendered, and they said they wanted to bring him back, but even he admitted that he didn't think that that was legitimate. Like he didn't even believe them. He got Scott Boris as an agent. Scott Boris isn't. If Boris finds that out, he sits there and he goes, what are you doing, Carlos? We're going into the open market. We're going to make a ton of money. I'm going to make a ton of money. I'm Scott Boris. Right? He doesn't work out deals and then, like that. And then he puts his muddy boots on your white couch and, yeah. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he does. All right? I'm it's, Scott Boris. Right. And he, he, I, so, no, I don't believe that that's a possibility. I think I think Carlos Rodon is gone. I, I, I think he's gone. Now, I thought he was gone last year when they non-tendered him, but... I really think he's gone now because if he's healthy or if Boris can convince somebody he's healthy, he's going to get plenty of money and he's not coming back to the White Sox. I mean, there are a well, lot and, of... And somebody will, 
Somebody will roll those dice. Somebody will, some team will roll those dice. Well, think about it this way. Think about a team that might be rebuilding. I was talking to my buddy out in Pittsburgh. Out in Pittsburgh, they're they're all a buzz about the possibility of signing Larry Garcia. I was laughing about this. He was like, how's this Larry oh, Garcia? Lord. Everybody on Pirates Twitter's talking about him. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> so, so, and then, okay. hey, they want him out there, okay? And, and they think okay. he'd be perfect for what they're doing out there at this stage of their rebuild. And then Rodon at 29 years old, after what he just showed, well, maybe we can get him on the cheap and sign him long-term for like three, four years. And then he's still around and he's pitching in our rotation when we're finally good again. Like there are teams, remember what you were like in the rebuild when you were thinking of those kind of thoughts when a guy would come free? There's people thinking that right now about Carlos Rodon. So no, I think he's gone at this point. I'd be shocked. I also if think that teams the like the Yankees who, who took flyers on guys like Corey Kluber last year are going right. to be more than willing to shell out money on the chance that Carlos Rodon is is healthy enough to get them through, you know, and, and so they don't have the, those same kind of problems next year. Yeah, but, look, there's going to be plenty of teams kicking the tires. There were almost 20 teams, supposedly, that just sat down to watch Justin Verlander work out. And he's at the end of his career, basically, coming off of surgery. But 20 people were like, well, we should take a look at him. All right, yeah, so there's going to be plenty life. of people that are going to look at Carlos Rodon, and somebody's going to bite. The, the White Sox clearly don't believe in Carlos Rodon's arm. That's what I think this is. I don't think this is a cheap move. And I have complained that the White Sox are cheap many a time on this show. All right. I have been angry about the way that money has been spent many a time. I don't think that's the case here. I think this I think happening. This is, Mike, this is Mike Soratka all over again. Yeah. Except we can't just deal him to the Blue Jays and run. So the $1,000 guest bounty is going on right now. We're giving a grand away from Elite Benefits of America for the best, most interesting, most exciting guest that we've never had on the show before. And you, the listener, just have to hook us up. You might know somebody. Uh, you, you might be able to convince somebody to split it with you. I don't know. Hey, but, but you're out there and you're trying to find somebody that could be baseball-related, non-baseball-related. We'll take anybody. It'll be fun. We're doing this all off-season. And then we're going to put up a list of the best ones and let the fans choose the winner in an online poll right around spring training, and the winner is going to get $1,000. It's all brought to you by Elite Benefits of America. We have our first guest lined up for Friday's show. Before I give you the hints as to who it is, let me tell you about Elite Benefits of America. Butch Zemar wants to help your small or mid-sized company get health insurance for your employees at a lower rate than what you're already paying, and if you've never done it before, he's going to explain to you how you do this. You get a guy like him, he explains you how this works, he goes and he draws from all these different companies. He's a broker, basically, that's going to sit down and find a way for you to be the employer of choice. You spend less, the employees spend less, and you get good health insurance for your, your employees, for yourself. It's, it's a great program, what he goes and does. Go to EliteBenefits.net, check him out, or give him a call at 708-535-3006. He's giving us the 1000 bucks. We're passing it on to the winner of this contest. And the first guest on Friday... And I'm not giving away the guests until they're actually on. Because this isn't like a live radio show, right? Like, you can right. find out when I post the show on Friday. I don't want anybody trying to snake my guest. I don't want to steal the thunder from our contestants. But I will tell you this. The first guest is going to be somebody from Major League Baseball with an extensive career in front offices and is highly opinionated and at least once in his career, has ticked off the Chicago White Sox. 
That's 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 my hint right there. Ooh, that that could be so many people too. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into it with this person. Uh, I got lots of questions. We had a listener reach out, said they knew this person. I didn't believe it. I was like, really? Let's see how this goes. I got confirmation we got the right person by actually reaching out, you know, direct messaging the person through social media to their blue check mark. Okay. And they're like, yeah, that's me. Here's my email address. I already talked to so-and-so. I'll come do your show. And we've now set up the interview. And now that person, the contestant, is entered in for the $1,000. So this is going to be our first one for the $1,000 guest bounty. And that guest is scheduled for Friday release right here on Socks in the Basement. I'm pretty pumped about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I feel like this interview will be enlightening because I can ask questions to somebody who has a lot of experience in front offices. And that's why I want to do this $1,000 guest bounty because I, I don't know if we would get this guest otherwise. And so this is because he's doing a favor for somebody and he's coming on the show to try to help them win $1,000. I think it's awesome. So if you have a guest, if you have somebody you have a contact with, now is the time. Get those in as quick as you can. And we'll be doing this all off season long. But that's what's coming up. You know, I, before we get out of here, I do want to talk real quick about some of these free agents that are floating around out there. Because yeah. I think another reason why I'm not concerned about the Rodan thing as much as I was initially it is a very deep group of starting pitchers that are free agents. There is a lot of starting pitching that is sitting out there. And if the White Sox are like, we really want to focus on Michael Kopech and we can go out and get somebody for less than $18 million to be the sixth starter, to be that extra arm in there, or we want to upgrade and go for a guy that we think is as good or possibly better than Rodon that we think is more reliable. They're out there. Okay. And Max Scherzer's out there. Kevin Gaussman's out there. Clayton Kershaw's out there. By the way, he wasn't given a qualifying offer either. Eduardo Rodriguez is out there. I've always liked that guy. Always liked that guy. Yeah, Same age as Rodon. He's, he's, he's out there. He's one of those guys that's really, really kind of a, uh, he's a sneaky one. He is. He's a, he's a pretty good pitcher and he's out there. All right. And you know what? The only thing he's ever really had a problem with in the last couple of years is that he got the, uh, he got an enlarged heart when he got COVID. Or he had some sort of a heart problem or something like that, and it cleared up, and then he was able yep. to come back and pitch, but he had a problem in 2020. That's really why he didn't pitch in 2020. He was one of the few athletes that you heard like had a really serious thing that, that popped up. You know, I mean, Mankata had tired legs, but he had he had a real serious thing pop up, but he's doing fine now, and I thought he pitched well, and he pitched a lot better in the second half as he got stronger this year. I think that's a guy who's poised to, to come out and be a big contributor. He's flown out there. Robbie Ray's out there. Uh, Marcus Stroman's out there. Alex Cobb, uh, who else? D, yeah, uh, yeah. D, D Sclafani. D Scalani. I'm Italian Anthony and I still can't say his name. <laughs> Just call him Disco Fever. That's what they I called like, him when he was like, with the I'm, I'm Italian and I can't tell you his name, which upsets me because people, Fever. people people butcher Lanuti all the time, and I'm like, I, I can't say your name, man. He must be Southern Italian. What's that, Latuna? <laughs> John Gray's out there. He does not have a qualifying, a qualifying offer, offer on him. No, he doesn't. You know, and as you go down the list here, guys that you could just put it, bring in there as a body that's not going to get not going to get a ton of money, but have experience and are strong pitchers and can give you a couple of months of being really good. If you decide that you need to let Michael Kopech kind of rest a little bit while you're doing the stretch out or would be good in a postseason. Alex Wood is out there. Michael Pineda's out there. How about a guy like John Lester just on experience alone? Right. There, there's there's a lot of of arms out there now. 
a lot of those guys don't compare to Carlos Rodon in 2021. I'm not saying no. that. But if he's got an arm problem or the White Sox are going for one of the guys that are right around Carlos's skill level, you know, guys, like he had a five war. So let's just go anywhere like anybody well, Robbie nearby. Robbie Ray him. is a really comparable guy to him, right? Robbie Ray, his 2021 season where he kind of, he reworked his arm slot, went back to what he was when he was really good with the Diamondbacks and finally ditched what they'd been trying to get him to do for years. Ray's never had the arm problems. Right. Rodriguez and Ray are two guys that are pretty close to him in terms of wins above replacement that are basically right there in age. Like if they decide to go in that direction and they're like, we just rather spend our money with somebody that we feel a little bit more confident. In. I, don't, I don't know what they're doing here. How about you roll the dice on an ace like Thor? Noah Syndergaard is out there. Right. There's a lot of pitching. And that's the thing. There's a lot of pitching. So like I said, it, this is like one of those things where you get angry if you get to the end result. and You go, whoa, hold on a second. Remember when you guys didn't pick up Rodon? Where'd that money go? You know, whoa, hold on a second here. How did you replace that starting pitching slot? You didn't do it. Then get angry. Okay, I'll be right there with you, but I'm trying my hardest right now to say we don't know everything about what's going on in the Rodon situation. There's a reason why they they didn't even want to roll the dice in the possibility he would pick up that 18.4 million. They didn't want it. They didn't. They were so afraid he'd take that 18.4 million. They're like, no way. That that's what seems obvious to me. There was a fear that he would take it, and they were just eating money, and they would still have to. They, and and he was not going to contribute at a level necessary for them, and they need to find somebody. I think this is more of a roster choice than a money choice. I think this is more of a, we need somebody we trust a little bit more so we can go further in the postseason next year. That's what I hope. That's what I believe in my heart of hearts. I might be wrong. That's where I'm at. And I think that's that's where you have to be at with this. Is wait and, it, this, is a, this is a wait and see. This is a, we won't know until we get there kind of a thing. So, you know, before... You start complaining to mom and dad that they need to turn the car around or they need to pull over at the next McDonald's because you're bored. You just sit there and you look out the window and we'll get there when we get there. Okay? (laughs) Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.